Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Healing Courageously. On this episode, we are going to continue our conversation on the importance of fatherhood, part three, part three. Um, Just do a quick recap. What we've talked about on part one was uh, the the, uh, generational curses that appear in our life that cause us to act and do certain things. They start way back somewhere in the generations before us. They're just carried down from generation to generation. They can be broken. We don't have to wait for seven years to to, to, uh, to break them. It's up to us to do that. We also talked about, uh, or I defined honor, respect, and obey to everyone. We talked about what a father is, um, what a father is, and those are some uh, some pretty important parts to what a father is is. He's a provider. He's a nourisher. He's a progenitor, a protector, a founder, and an author. We talk about the founder. He's the foundation of your of your child's life. He's the foundation of your family's life. So, those are some key points that a father carries uh, the responsibility of. We talked about women and uh, how they are actually. The greatest sufferers of a lack of fathers. And in the long run, they actually suffer twice. They suffer if they didn't have a good father. And then they suffer if they married a man who didn't have a good father. And then um, they also, fathers also give women, give model, uh, we model um, to women their worth. You know, what, what, what am I worth as a girl? What am I worth as a woman? Right? Um, it also models to the, to the sons how women are to be treated. And he models to the, to the girls how women are to be treated as well. Because he's, he's teaching his daughter that men are, in, in, in worst case scenarios, that men are allowed to abuse their wives. That's just part of, part of life. Were the men of the superior race of, of the or gender of, of the of the earth. We talked about that. We talked about a father model for all men. We talked about how father father uh, he's a role model for all men. We talked about the qualities of a good father. You know, father provides character. Provi- uh, father provides language and beliefs. And then in, in part two. That's what we talked about the qualities of the other father. I'm sorry, right there. And then we ended we ended part two um, last time. But we also provide the language and beliefs according to, uh, to to Jesus. So even if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in Jesus. That's that's your personal choice. But even without that, 
we provide the language and belief systems for our children. So the, the one question that, that's asked is that, can you, can your child speak outside of the home what you, what you, the father says? Now, what kind of language is, is a child learning inside the home? And we ended, we ended part, um, part two last week by, with it, with a, with a song by Rodney, uh, Rodney Atkins, sorry, I'm looking at my notes here. Rodney Atkins, um, Watching You, Watching You by Rodney Atkins. And it talks about, I'm sure you've all heard it, it's a really good song. Daddy, I'm watching you. He, they're going down the road and he's got his McDonald's back there and his French fries and his orange soda and the light turns red real quick. Dad stops. Uh, soda goes everywhere. French fries go everywhere. And the little kid says a foul language. And dad looks over and says, son, where'd you learn that? He goes, I've been listening to you, dad. I've been listening to you. And then later on in, in, the, in, the, uh, in, in the song, he goes to say, you know, he went out to the, to the, prayer, to the barn to pray. Dad did to help him with his child to make sure he didn't use that foul language and become a good father later on. He walked by his son's room and saw his son on his hands and knees praying. And he asked his son later that day, he goes, son, where'd you learn how to pray like that? He goes, daddy, I've been watching you. So our, our kids watch the fathers. A father is a key element in child rearing. Mothers give them nurturing and mothers love them, of course, but we need fathers in our life. And it's probably one of the, well, there's 82% of the men in prison had absentee fathers. Um, so there's there's a lot to say about absentee fathers. I mean, we need to start stepping up as parents. But like I said last week, and like I'll say to everybody, is the question comes up quite often, what's wrong with these kids today? Well, mom and dad, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you know, go look in the mirror. You're, look, you're looking at the problem. Now, don't get your feathers in a ruffle because I, not all parents are like that. I know that. But there's a lot that are, and the problem isn't the child. The problem becomes the child because the problem is the parent. The parent doesn't teach the child how to respect people so, and, and obey laws, so on and so forth. And I, and I know those are pretty harsh words, but the truth is that is the truth. So to get right on to step three, not step three, sorry, <laughs> taking my recovery head. Um, part three, and it says, we, we do what we see our fathers do. Just like that song ended, we see what our fathers do. So fathers determine the quality of character because fatherhood is manifested in the character of their children. Fathers determine what their children are or are, are, are not. Also, in, in, in the other parts, what we talked about also is you don't have to know the father. If you know the son, you know the father. Right? And, and that goes all the way back to biblical. Jesus says, if, if, you, if you know me, then you know my Father. If you know the Father, you know me, right? Because we are a reflection of our fathers. And so it's really important as fathers, what are, what are we teaching? Now, it goes back to those generational curses. Well, you know, I'm just do, doing what I was taught, and I'm okay. And I've had that, that same question or that same statement made to me on several occasions. And I challenged them on that. And... We talk. We, I would have a discussion with them. By the end of the discussion, on their own, on their own doing, they would walk themselves back into the past, 
and when their father was treating them with such disrespect and dishonor, how they really felt as a child. And they just would sink in their chair. And I said, now, is that how you want your child to feel today? No, they say. So it can be broken. There's, there's no reason for it to continue. How does, that, how does that happen? You just find a good mentor. Okay? Job 14.7 says, if you really know me, this is what I was talking about, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do, you do, know, me, you do know him and have seen him. Okay? If you really know me, you will know my father as well. And, and I can tell you, that statement stands true. Absolutely true. It's with my own children. They're a direct reflection of me. They're outstanding members of society, of the community here. Are they perfect? No, nobody's perfect. So I don't want to get that, that going. But um, Fathers, you have a lot of responsibility and, and you create a generation. And you want that generation of, of, of men to be strong and courageous and stand up for, for, for their morals and values and ethics and principles of spiritual, spirituality and of life? Or do you want to be like Antifa out there raising heck on the streets, just thinking, you know, destroying everybody's property, blowing things up, hurting people just because they don't believe the same way they believe? So that, that, that scripture, in other words, says, if you see the way children behave, you will see the type of father they have. And while, you know, Randy, that's pretty harsh and you're, you know, well, yeah, maybe it is. But if you were to look at my childhood and look at my stepfather and my mother, nobody outside of my house thought they could do wrong. They were saints. They helped people. They did this, right? Nobody. They were the perfect, and this is this is the, the, the same thing with, with all perpetrators, is they're outstanding citizens of the community, right? But yet behind closed doors, right, they're pretty bad people. And I can remember sitting with my therapist one time, and, she, and, I, and I would tell her, I go, Deborah, I says, I do not want to become my father, my stepfather, I'm sorry, not my father. I do not want to become my stepfather. And she looked at me, she goes, Randy, you already have. And that was with the emotional abuse, right? That I was instilling, most of the emotional abuse that I was stealing, instilling into my children and into my wife, right? It wasn't until I got recovery that the, the love of my real father that died when I was 12 started manifesting itself in me. And then along with mentors, I became the man, the father, the husband that God really wanted me to be. So it's true. Fathers are powerful people. That means that a child becomes what a father is. They are powerful and influence their children. They can be scary at times. They can be mean at times. And the question I have, and I put before all the people we mentor too, is that do you want your children, son or daughter, do you want them to love you out of fear? Or do you want them to love you out of pure respect? See, I didn't, I was, I was taught to, and also that question go back the other way. Do you want them to respect you out of fear or respect you out of love? And for me, there's no respect for my mother or my stepfather because it was all fear-based, no love. They would probably argue and say, well, it was love. It's all we knew. Well, it was fear. 
uh, it drove me into a life of sin. In Luke, there's a, there's a verse that says, you cause a little one harm and cause him to fall, you'll be better off with a millstone tied around your neck and thrown in the sea. And what Jesus is saying, if you cause one, if you harm one of my little ones and cause them to fall into a world of sin, you'd be better off dead. So, fathers, you have a powerful, powerful role in your children's place, uh, life. Uh, you know, I haven't included mothers in any of these statements because mothers are nurturers. Mothers are the ones that are going to nurture the children. That's what they do. I watch my wife all the time. She loves my kids and my grandkids unconditionally. There is no doubt about it. But moms are nurturers. That's what they're here to do. God and Jesus is a perfect example of fathers. And it's, it, and it's all in the Bible. If you go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4, that's what love is. And that's how we should be raising our children. Here I'm going to read a little, little story here. A man grows up in a home where every time his mother gets it, gets his father upset she gets hit physically and the guy is and, and, and the guy is three years old he watches this and the guy who is three years old watches this. the boy is three years old watches this five years old he watches 10 years old he watches this 14 years old he watches this 15 years old he wants to do something about it but he's afraid because of his father or because that's his father. And I can be there. People ask me one time, why didn't you just fight back with your stepfather? Because he was my stepfather, and if nothing else, I knew I had to respect my elders. And plus, when he he started in on me, there was no stopping him. Period. So now he begins to hide the frustration. So we hide that frustration. We suppress it. He builds it up. And, he, and, he, and, 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 he, and at age 30, he gets married. All right, so he marries this beautiful girl, just kind of like I did with Kathy. He marries this beautiful girl, right? He's got all this repressed uh, anger in him, which has actually become rage, okay? Then one day after the honeymoon, you get him mad. Now remember, he's a deacon singing in the choir, Praise and father, praise and worship leader, prayer prayer meeting director. But one day, you got got him. You got in my grave. One day you got in his grave. One day you got in that that that, that anger and rage that he's been storing up. Thirty years of pent up of pent uh, up father character building. Thirty years. So this isn't just a one time deal. This has been going on for a long time. Thirty years. All right. Then one day, oh, after the honeymoon, sorry, I'm kind of lost my place. And all he knows is that when they get you angry, you hit them. When the wife gets you angry, you hit them. And you aren't shocked. Did you just hit me? Do you know who I am? Then he hits you back. Then he hits you again. And you're like, I thought you were saved. Then he hits you again. But why? Now you make him feel guilty twice. What's wrong? I do what I see my father do. Some men are wondering why I'm still having this tendency to do certain things because they're not yet been delivered from the, op the oppression 
of the power of a father. Go back to my, my statement from last week where wives get it, women get it twice. They, they married a man that didn't have a good father, father role model that watches their, their, their mother get smacked when she, when she upsets dad. And, this, and, and we've been holding on to this rage and this anger. Whether it was you that were getting beat or your mother that was getting beat, we hold on to this rage and anger for years and years and years. And it's what we tell all of our people. When you blow up at your husband, and thank God we don't have no physical abuse people, but it's a lot of emotional. But when you blow up at your husband or your wife, it's not what you're talking about right now. She's been holding on to something for the last month or two. And it's always true. But you can imagine 30 years of rage coming out. If we do not what is behind the... If we do not know, we do not know what is behind the why of the person's actions, we will never be delivered and healed from the generational curse. But he's a loving guy. He's nice. He takes good care of the children. Probably so. That's what they used to say about my stepfather. He's a great guy. He's loving. He takes care of everybody. There's no doubt. But he's got a problem that needs to be fixed. It can be corrected. So fathers, you've got to be careful because try to do un, th- trying to undo 30 years of pent-up anger and rage is really hard. It can be done. It takes time. I had 38 years of it. I turned I was 49 when I got help. And I did it. And my life's never been so, so good since I have. But quit teaching your children, your boys and your girls, that it's okay to hit women when you're mad because it's not. John 14, 9 through 11 says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Okay, show us the Father. You're looking at him. I'm standing right here in front of you. Jesus was the only perfect man in the world, but I am the Father. Show me your father, Garrett, my son. You're looking at him. I'm, I'm, I'm a replica of my father. Probably even a little bit better in a lot of ways. Okay? Don't you believe that I am the father, that I am in the father, and that the father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the father living in me. Who, so a father teaches the language of, to the child. And a lot of times it's not always the words we speak, it's the way we talk about those words. Okay, so there's a lot more to language than just um, the words spoken, how we speak in it. What's our, what's our tone of voice? What's our, what's our motive behind what we're speaking? Okay, I do not speak on my own authority, rather it is the Father living in me. He is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Ladies, it's really important because you take that that little story and what's said right now, I'm doing, I say that I I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The Father is in him. His father probably watched his father beat his his mother and so on and so on and so on and so on back through the generations. All right? So we have to be careful. Ladies, You do not, I want you to hear this, you do not marry men. 
you marry histories. You marry histories. Every man has a history. When you meet a guy, it's important and it sounds funny, but you need to research that man's history because you're going to take that history to bed with you. And once you take that history to bed with you, and that seed gets planted in you, it's going to continue on to the next generation. Now, he can break that. And if it's been broken, it's different. He's broken that, 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 that generational seed. But if he hasn't, if he hasn't worked on his, I'm going to use the violent tendencies that he might be carrying from his, his, his childhood and witnessing what he witnessed, then it's important that you don't sleep with him. Don't even marry him until he gets that stuff worked out. And no, it won't get better when you marry him. You can't help him. You can't fix him. The only way you can help him is to help him to get help. Uh, believe me when I say that. Just because these guys look nice, dress nice, have a good title, good job, and a fine car. But there is history driving that car. And I have to know that history. Do I really know the person? Do you really know the person that you're marrying, that you're dating? Do you really know? I've been married to Kathy for 37 years. And I believe I know her really, really well. But I'm, I'm sure, and I've been trying to think this about myself. Does Kathy know everything about me? Have I told her everything? And I want to say I have. And I'm sure that Kathy has too. I'm sure I know her really well. But I also have that little bit of doubt that there's probably things that I don't know about Kathy yet. Even after 37 years, and there are probably things I don't need to know. But I believe that everything I need to know has been revealed to me, and vice versa. Okay? Women, here's a, women live by what they hear. Men live by what they think. There's two different creatures. So words heard by a woman is an emotional experience. Words heard by men, by a man, is information. So our words with women, you know, oh, you're, you're stupid, Randy. No, I'm not. That's just information. I'm not, I'm not stupid. My father told me I, was, I wasn't stupid. I don't have to worry about that, God. It's disinformation. The guy thinks I'm stupid. He thinks I'm stupid. But a woman will take that emotionally and get hurt. So we have to be careful with our words to women. Right? I, I tell my wife, Every morning when she wakes up, I love her. I tell her, even before she climbs out of bed, how beautiful she is. When she leaves from work, she gives me a kiss. We say we love each other. Probably three or four times during the week, I text her. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. I want to tell you I love you and how beautiful you are. Those are words of affirmation for her. And it's changed, it's changed our relationship dynamically. In, in, my, in my bad days, I would tell her, you, you know, you sit behind a desk all day. Don't tell me about, you know, how rough your job is. Try managing 80 employees and millions of dollars and blah, 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 blah. Her job is tough. She deals with a lot of people every day. And that what that did is that just didn't even validate what she does. And she's a genius at what she does. I couldn't do it. And she knows that today. So women take everything emotionally. They feel the words. And we've got to be careful 
with our words to women. Because what they do is they don't actually hear them. They actually, actually experience the word. Actually experience it. If you call a man stupid, he calculates it. I'm stupid. No, I'm not stupid. It doesn't affect him. It's just information. You call a woman stupid, she has an experience with a word. It becomes her experience. That's why she holds it against you for 20 years. I I, I, I got to say something right now on that. That's, I'm glad that came up right now. Because it's, it's really, really important to... Um, do not ever bring up the past to your mate. Kathy and I have been married for 37 years. And not once has she thrown anything from the past in my face, nor have I done that to her. Even the affair I had in 2004, she has not once thrown it in my face. We've had situations come up where she got triggered and she was allowed to talk about it. And I would say, you know what? I understand how you feel that way. And you actually have a right to feel that way because I did it to you. But just know that I'm not that person anymore. And I'm a loving, kind husband. And I got too much to lose. And that's all she needs to hear. And the subject goes away. And she turns instantly when I say those words. Instantly, she's happy. comes over and gives me a kiss. She has not once thrown anything in my face. Nor have I her. What good does it do? The past is done and over with. Do not do that, men. Do not do that, women. talked about a little bit earlier married men you must say to your wife every day every day i love you and you are beautiful and she needs to feel it every day but randy i told her 20 years ago when i married her i loved her and that's all that she's going to get that was 20 years ago tell her today tell her today well i can't feed you know food's on the table she's got you know money to spend she does this tell her you love her every day and mean it she needs to hear it, period. <sighs> Jesus tells us that fathers literally create the sons. So, so then when you see the son, you see the father. Now, if your father beat your mother or curse your mother all your life, then you get married to a wonderful woman who you love, but your father never told your mother he loved her. In your presence, all you heard was fussing and cussing. You don't know how to love a woman, and you wonder why we battle. Why don't you talk to me, honey? Fathers, please start teaching your sons the, 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 the loving art of communication with your wife. Tell your wife you love her. My father never told my, my mother so what? Two wrongs don't make a right. My father never told me he loved me. How bad did you want it? I, I haven't talked to a man yet that says my father never said he loved me, even when he was on his deathbed, and it crushed him. Teach your sons how to properly respect wives, daughters. Teach them how to have the conversation with them. To say I love you. Teach them to have a conversation about how'd your day go today. You think you're taking on the burden of your day that might have been rough all by yourself, but you're not. Your partner is feeling it just as much as you are. 
And oftentimes the partner starts thinking, what did I do wrong? How come he's mad at me? Here he is again. He won't talk to me. What did I do this time? Teach your sons and your daughters the wonderful art of communication. It's important. Why don't you talk to me, honey? What do you want me to say? Okay, anything. Wife says, what do you want me to say? Wife says, just say anything. Husband smart, smart awkwardly, sarcastically goes, okay, then anything. Why is this? No modeling, just like I talked about. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Fathers, listen to me. You literally enter your children's life. They take you into their future. I, I am so thankful for the 12 years, although short it was, that I have with my real father before he passed away. Because he taught me so much about love, about being there for your children, about the outdoors. That's what's instilled in me today. It's the one thing that my life, my wife absolutely loves about me. She just told me the other night that because you spend the time with our children, you, you've taught us all how to love the outdoors. You go hunting and fishing with Garrett all the time. You, you spend all this time teaching our kids about life, the good parts about life, right? That came from my father. What my, what my father, what my stepfather and mother taught me was how not to raise people kids, how not to raise kids, and how not to treat people. So we are, we are in our children. And he's, I see it in my, in my one son, Garrett, he's the only one that's got, well, man, this has got kids. Uh, my other son doesn't, isn't even married yet, but by the grace of God, he'll find some beautiful women sooner, sooner, sooner than later. But Garrett, I see it already with his kids and stealing the same, um, the same core values in him that I've instilled in him and my wife has instilled in him. It, 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 actually, it's when I look at my daughter, the way she's instilling it and her and her husband, how they're, my son-in-law, how they're instilling these wonderful morals and values in, our, in their children. It's, it's just unbelievable to watch. It's like I'm so proud. It makes me happy to see so Fathers, listen to me. Right? You literally enter your children's life. They make you into their future. They take you into your into their future. This is why your father's. This is why your father wasn't the perfect father you have. You have to get God into your life fast, and then get Him to give you some models that you can adapt from. You can adapt from, adopt, adapt from, and adopt from, so you can receive the right modeling to protect. The woman that you married. There's one I found God, and it was in AA. I wasn't even back in church. I wasn't even back. I, I was in AA, and I got connected back with God. And I had two wonderful mentors, a man, and they, they taught me so much about being a father and a, and a husband. So here's another one. Fathers create beliefs. So fathers, we create beliefs. What you believe comes from your father. And I, and I can say that directly. And almost every man that, that I've talked to that we're working on issues, it's the same thing. Every, their beliefs come from the father. 
John 12, 24 says, These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Even Jesus is saying, Look it, these aren't my words. This is what the Father has taught me. He's the one that sent me. This is what the Father has taught me. So I'm just a manifestation of what my Father has taught me. A good father gives his children what to do in their lives. So I instill, I, 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 I've never once told my kids, you, you better do it this way or I'm, gonna, I'm not going to support you at all. It's your life, right? What do I want for you? I just want you to be happy, healthy, and in love. That's all I want. As long as you're happy in life, right? That's, that's great. That's really all that matters. I, I don't care if you're a doctor or an attorney or you're a shoe salesman. Whatever you're going to do, just be the best that you can be at it, right? And do it knowing that you got, I got your back. I, I, might, not, I might not agree with the choices that, that they've always made, but they're, they're adults and they got to make their own choices. And if they need help, they'll ask that. I'm not going to let them fall on their face, believe me. But they've all done they've all done really well in life. There was a chance back in 2006, I think it was, where I could have really blown it with one of my sons, and you know I, I didn't. It, it hurt it hurt the decision that he made, but it was his decision, and I supported him 100, percent and I and I really believe that only because of that that we have this this relationship we have today. I'm there when they need me. I'm there when they think they failed at something. Because we never fail. Whoever says that you're a failure is a liar. Okay? But the world must learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Okay? A good father, like I said, gives the children what to do in their lives. So it's really no wonder there's so many so many men that are confused about what they're supposed to do in their lives because they never really received no sound, solidly father advice. No sound, solid, fatherly advice. And a father has so much influence on men. Fathers give commands to their sons and daughters. Without that, we get demands from our contemporaries. And, and that's, that's if, our, if we're not getting direction from our father, right, healthy, sound advice, solid advice, loving advice, we're going to seek it wherever we can find it. And, and, and that's what I did. And that's what a lot of the people that, I, that I, I deal with, with drugs and alcohol, that's what they did. They're not getting it at home, so what are they going to do? They need a mentor, so they're going to go out and they're going to find one. And they're going to do, what, what is that? What's that influence in their life? For me, it was it was businessman successful. Okay, cool. That's a great person to look after, right? But they were also instilling in me other terrible, terrible morals and values in my life. Right? Well, they're successful. They're doing this, so I can do it. No, and I knew better. So they're going to seek it from whoever they can get. And you better hope that it's somebody that's got a lot of spirituality and love of Christ in them. Otherwise, they're going to end up in jail. They're going to end up in gangs. That's why these gang members join gangs. I've talked to several of them. I ain't got no dad around. My mom don't care. Just go on, go to work. 
get out of here. They joined the gangs because they got a support group, a community of support. Fathers give commands to their sons and daughters. Without that, we get demands from our contemporaries. It is more important to get advice from a father than a friend. So if, if a father isn't given that good, solid advice, that good, loving advice, those good suggestions, that good help, where, the, where else where are they going to get it? They're going to do one of two things. They're going to go completely isolated, or they're going to go get it from wherever they can. Because believe me, one, one son isn't the only one dealing with these kind of issues. There's other sons out there that are dealing with the same thing. And so they're going to band together and they're going to come up with plans. or They're going to do stupid things. Believe me, that's it, just what they do. So fathers, we have to make sure that we instill the good qualities of life and morals and values and ethics into them. It's important. The fathers transfer self-worth. John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now I remain in my love. I work with a lot of people outside of my family who I love unconditionally, right? They're, that's family. There's nothing that's going to break that love. And I work with a lot of other people that are in the church, that are in recovery, that are coming to us for mentoring. And I've had several of them just kind of walk away. And, I, and that's okay. I've had several of them drop the F-bomb on me more than once, right? That's okay. I understand where they're at. I understand they're broken. I understand they're hurt. I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to, they want to walk away. I'm going to let them walk away with love. And they've all come back because I've done that because I've walked, I've let them walk away with love because the love of God is in me. All right. It's like, it's like to me, they're all protocol, all all prodigal sons and daughters. My job isn't to judge what's going on. I know they got brokenness in them. I, I know they're confused and they don't know what to do. So I have two choices. Either either release them with love. Well, I'll be here when you want to come back. And or just say, well, you know what? They don't ever come back to me. I ain't got time for you. You're this, you're that, blah, 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 blah. Right? No, I then they would never come back. They would say what kind of a jerk I was. I even had one of them tell me one morning, I looked at me, hey, how you doing? He goes, Randy, he goes, I'm tired of wasting your time. I'm so tired. I said, look at man. You're not wasting my time. When you're ready, I'm going to be here for you. I've told that to you. And I'm going to keep on telling it to you. Okay? So as the Father has loved me, I, I have, I have, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain in the love of God. Right? Show that love of, of, of the Heavenly Father to our children. Notice where Jesus got his love from. He got it, he got it from, from, from God. And how did he learn to love? From his father. I think I told it last week, my son, we were doing some work for some friends, and he, he did something for my son. And he wanted some, my, my son makes fishing lures, so he's, he wanted a couple of these lures for my son. I, I dropped him off at home. We were talking. He goes, Dad, I'll do anything for Travis. Anything for Travis. I go, he served our country, right? And I, I, I will do whatever I, whatever whatever he needs, you know, because I honor him for what he's done for our country, and, and I appreciate everything he's done. That was his words. I didn't say nothing to him. 
but he learned that kind of value, that kind of of uh, of uh, morals from me. I had to reverse a lot of the old things I said, but he, he did. So, Think about the implications if your father didn't love you. Let's reverse that, that, let's reverse that verse above, right? Then you couldn't love anyone. As my father, I so love you, now remain in love. Let's reverse that verse. Then you couldn't love anyone. As the father, as I, as the father has loved me, Right? We learn from our fathers. We normally think, I'm trying to figure out what I wrote here. <laughs> but if we, if, we, if, we, if we reverse that, right, the father hasn't loved me, so I couldn't love anyone else. And the father hasn't loved me, I couldn't love anyone else. You can learn how to. Right? Think of the implications of your father didn't love you. We normally think of, of, of love coming from our mothers. God says, and you learn from you learn from love from your father. He says, As a father loves me, so I loved you. So he didn't learn love from mother, he learned it from the father. Do men talk to men about love? Do fathers talk to your sons about love? Not very many do. I know that. I talk to my kids about it. Jesus has such a solid self-worth that he had, had a strong self-esteem. Why? Because his daddy told him, I love you. We need to start talking about love with our children. It's imperative. It's absolutely imperative that we teach our children to talk about love. It doesn't matter what you say about me, because my daddy said he loves me, and he'll always be there for me. That is one of the strongest things that can be instilled in a child's life. Um, so next week we'll continue with part four. Um, I'm going to tell you that I thought I could get this done in four parts. It's a little more than I thought. So we're going to probably continue. Uh, might take six or seven, but I'm going to continue until this is done. I hope you can just keep watching it. I hope that you're all getting something out of this. I know when I was doing my research and, and listening to certain people, it really, it stuck, stuck me in the heart. So I'm hoping it does the same to you. So remember, nobody tells you they love you. Randy loves you, but more importantly, God does. You can get my book, Healing the Wounded Child, Healing the Wounded Child Within on Amazon.com, paperback, Kindle, an audiobook, my 30-day devotional to wholeness on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback and my workbook seven day challenge on Amazon paperback only check out my change your life story now.com webpage for for uh, for life coaching and inner healing so if, you, if you're dealing with some of the stuff you don't have a way out 
And please uh, check that out. Send me, get the contact um, page and just send me a, a little notice and I'll get back to you. Or you can email me at courageoushealers at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Talk to you later. Be blessed. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. Randy does.